And welcome back. Bob Harris here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. And uh, I'm all a Twitter, for lack of a better term. Joining us right now is one of the members of uh, the Almond Brothers Band, who just got a Lifetime Achievement Award, but for the past 30 years has been working with the Rolling Stones as their keyboardist. He also is an environmentalist. He uh, has a tree farm down in Georgia. And not only that, he's one of the co-founders of the Mother Nature Network at MNN.com. And he also has a new album out a CD called Back to the Woods, a salute to some of uh, the great works of uh, blues piano. Joining us right now is the one, and I do mean one and only, Chuck Lavelle. And Chuck, thank you so much for joining us here on KFGO. Oh, it's wonderful to be with you, Bob. Thanks so much for inviting me. Do you remember being in Fargo? Yeah, yeah. We played uh, Fargo with the Stones. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I think it was about two tours ago. And uh, just had a fabulous time. I think it was. I think it was the Babylon album, if I'm not mistaken, the Bridges album. I, I think that's probably right. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, it's a real joy and a thrill uh, for me, and I think for all of us uh, to play a place like Fargo. And you know, we we played Boise, Idaho, um, and up in Canada, we played uh, Moncton, and you know to to go to these kinds of cities that uh, normally don't get that kind of music or a big show like that it's a special thrill that well i hope you guys can make it back on your 50th uh... <laughs> <laughs> i wish i had something to report uh, but you know i i can't imagine that uh, the next 12 months or so would go by without some kind of activity um uh, keith richards put it really well recently in an interview uh, somebody asked him about uh, this being the 50th anniversary, and he said, well, Charlie Watts didn't join the band until 1963, so 62 was the conception and 63 was the birth. So ah. I think, uh, you know, I think it could happen, you know, sometime in the next 12, 14, 18 months, and um I certainly hope so. Hey, by the way, uh, you you also have a uh, we also have a uh, a mutual friend here because you have done a couple of minor gigs, should we say, with Colin Peterson. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> He's just across the river here in the Seventh District in Minnesota. Well, well, that's right, and uh, he's a, a great uh, congressman. Um, and a, and a not a not too shabby guitar player, which is pretty cool. <laughs> he had a band called the Second Amendments, and uh, I've been involved in the last two farm bills in which uh, he was immensely and intensely involved in. And uh, so when we finally got the last farm bill passed as a celebration, Colin said, "Well, why don't you come up here to D.C. and join me and sit in with my band? We'll have a little party." So we did. It, it was fantastic. And did they you do any Stone songs? Yeah, I think we might have done Honky Tonk Women. Or, uh, I, I can't remember what the set was, to be honest with you, but I'm sure we did some Stone songs. That's cool. That's cool. I want to back up just a little bit. You're down in Georgia, the Macon area, right. and you're a tree farmer. Now, I think some people in this area might say, well, tree farmer, that must be a guy who grows just Christmas trees. But that's more. it's way, way more than that, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, if if your listen, listeners thinks more uh, in terms of forestry, you know that's what we're doing. It's it's long term forestry, <clears throat> and I like to tell people uh, all the wonderful things that trees and forests do for us, uh, Bob. You know, first of all, they give us materials to to make books and magazines and newspapers and to build homes and schools and churches for us. They are, uh, the, it's the greenest building material that we have, period. <clears throat> and uh, 
of course, they all our forests also provide carbon sequestration to us, uh, and we're all concerned with global climate change. Uh, it helps in that way. It provides home and shelter to all manner of wildlife. Uh, nowadays, we're talking about biomass as a renewable energy source, and, and so I think there's no more important natural resource to us than our trees and forests. And don't forget, uh, that wonderful thing called a piano comes from what? The resource of wood. So uh, so many musical instruments come from that resource, and, and it, it, it's a direct connection for me, for sure. So then, uh, is there periodic harvests in your, in your, uh, on your tree farm? Well, that's right. Uh, You know, if we, down here in the south, we can grow trees pretty quickly uh, in the scheme of things. And when we put a seedling in the ground today, and and by the way, our forests down here are mostly pine forests. So we have uh, what we call southern yellow pine, uh, various species of the pine trees, including slash pine and loblolly pine, longleaf pine, and shortleaf and other species. But if we put... um, a seedling in the ground today, uh, if we have reasonable rainfall, which we've not had here in the last couple of years, um, we should be able to have a first harvest somewhere around age uh, 12 to 15. Uh, That is going to be pulp wood for the most part, going to make uh, packaging products and paper products and the like. As time goes on, you might come back in somewhere around age 20 and get a little bit of uh, smaller uh, lumber, two by fours, two by sixes, and then Somewhere around age 30 or so, you're going to begin to get uh, the real, um, uh, you know, the, the, the plywood products and also uh, saw timber products. So it's a long-term view, and uh, my wife, Rose Lane, and I actually look m- more at like a 70- to 80-year cycle uh, for our tree farm. So obviously then the kids, you're looking for the kids to take over this somewhere down the road then with a 70- to 80-year cycle, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. You, yeah. you want this to be a multi-generational operation. And uh, so, you know, consequently, we have uh, we have 2,500 acres here, which is broken up into smaller segments uh, so that, you know, we can usually harvest about every two to three years. Uh, again, it's a very long-term prospect. But, you know, it's not just about uh, the building materials uh, and, and forest products in that regard. Again, you know, we're uh, providing home and shelter to wildlife, uh, carbon sequestration, <clears throat> and so it's a it's a very broad and and big picture what we're talking about the importance of our trees and forests here. This is Chuck Lavelle, by the way. Is it proper to say from the Rolling Stones, or how would you classify yourself? <laughs> you can say that. It's been thirty years now, so I think it qualifies. All right, Chuck Lavelle from the Rolling Stones keyboardist. Uh, you know, our, our economy, uh, the war, we got a political race going on right now, uh, people's concerned about taxes, gas prices, et cetera, et cetera. Where in our country are the politicians as far as focusing on our environment? Well, it's a good question, and uh, the answer, unfortunately, is that they're not where they should be. Uh, you know, you mentioned, you were kind enough to mention our website, the Mother Nature Network, uh, com earlier. Uh, you know, we started this enterprise a little over three years ago, Bob, and we're now getting five million hits a month on MNN. It's nice to talk about the success, but what it really says to me is that people care deeply about environmental issues, and our politicians and leaders need to be aware of that, and they need to, you know, get things back in order 
and, and let's start talking about uh, ways that we can lower our carbon footprint. Um, I have a book out uh, fairly recently that's called Growing a Better America, and the book focuses on smart growth because the fact is we have 310 million people in this country now, slated to have 400 million somewhere around 2040 or before, and this constitutes a tremendous amount of pressure on our natural lands and our natural resources. So it really, really is time that we take this very seriously, start making changes, and uh, certainly that's what we're trying to do with the Mother Nature Network to give people reasonable solutions to their environmental challenges. We're going to be right back with Chuck Lavelle here on KFGO. I got a couple of emails that came in earlier this week, Chuck. Uh, One, a very funny question. One, I think you're going to, I I find very interesting. We're also going to talk about the new album, Back to the Woods, in just a couple of moments. Chuck Lavelle here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. And welcome back. Bob Harris here. We're back with Chuck Lavelle of the Rolling Stones. Uh, Almond Brothers received a Lifetime Achievement Award. Did that surprise you, by the way, Chuck, when you got that Lifetime Achievement Award? Well, it, it did come as somewhat of a surprise and certainly a, a great honor uh, to receive that and to be included. Uh, you know, my time with the Almond Brothers was back in the 70s, uh, and it was wonderful, wonderful times for me. Uh, and, of course, the, the album Brothers and Sisters that is still the best-selling record the band had. And um, So I, I was just thrilled to be included on that, and, and, and it was a real treat to go out there to California and be in the Grammys and to receive that uh, award. By the way, I just, I, for some reason, it just hit me right now. Did Greg ever tell you how he avoided the draft? <laughs> well, I think it had to do with, with a pistol in his foot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, for, and forgetting to take the moccasin off uh, with the target drawn, drawn on it. <laughs> right, right. You know, Greg's got a, a, a book that's just released out uh, now, and uh, I think maybe some of your listeners would love to know more about it. I think it's called My Cross to Bear. <laughs> Greg Allman, unbelievable. That's a lot of fun. I got two emails here for you. One is, here's the funny question. Could you ask Chuck Lavelle if he can understand Keith Richards? <laughs> Yeah, you have you have to go uh, spend a few years to understand uh, Richard speak. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's fantastic, and of course we know that uh, Johnny Depp, who's a good friend of Keith's, uh, modeled uh, his character for Pirates of the Caribbean uh, on Keith, largely uh, on Keith. And uh, you know, it, uh, you do not just Keith, but when I joined the Rolling Stones back in 1982, it was. The hardest thing for me, you know, we were touring in Europe at that time, and uh, there were some Americans on board, but of course it was largely an Englishman and and English women that I was working with. And boy, oh boy, it's not just the, uh, you know, the dialect, but it's also the humor. Uh, You have to kind of understand Monty Python movies, (laughs) and uh, you have to really get into the English culture uh, to understand everything they're talking about. Oh, goodness. Here's another email, and this is a good question. I, I mean, an interesting question. He said, Bob, I says, I know you're talking with Chuck Lavelle. He says, I hear all the time that the guitarists such as Keith Richards, Eric Clapton have dozens, if not hundreds of guitars. Just curious, could you ask him, how many pianos does he own? <laughs> well, I have two grand pianos, you know, um, and uh, one at, at my house, of course. And then we have a lodge here uh, on Charlene Plantation, our tree farm. Uh, where we house our guests, and I have a, a nice 
piano there that really serves as my main instrument because uh, this day and time, uh, you know, the technology is such that in order to record, all you need is a laptop, computer, and software program and some decent microphones. So that gear stays in a closet at the lodge and comes out when I need to uh, to use it. Uh, but I do have a number of other digital instruments. You know, uh, again, talking about the technology, there's some marvelous uh, digital instruments uh, that, uh, <clears throat> you know, are, sample the, the grand piano and that reproduce it very well. Uh, I use uh, what's called a Yamaha CP1, uh, which is the latest, greatest technology Yamaha has. Uh, they have a CP300 uh, that I have three or four of those scattered around. And then I have some vintage instruments, a couple of uh, vintage Hammond organs, uh, B3 and A100, and uh, Wurlitzer electric piano, Fender Rhodes electric piano, and uh, clavinet. So, yeah, I've got a, a, a little bit of a barrage. <laughs> By the way, the B3, probably the best organ ever made, in my opinion. Uh, Anyway, absolutely. And, uh, you know, back in I think it was 1989 when we did the Steel Wheels tour, um, some of your listeners will be familiar with the MIDI technology, which allows you to uh, control other instruments from a single keyboard. And I had my Hammond B3 outfitted with MIDI so that, uh, you know, like it's a dual manual organ organ. and the upper manual and lower manual, and oftentimes I'll use the lower manual to control the piano sound and the upper manual, of course, to do the B3. So uh, it's an interesting little trick that can be done. By the way, speaking of tricks, I, I, I just thought of this. So I hope I'm not going too long here, but I just thought of this. I was at the Steel Wheel Tour when you were in Minneapolis, one of the shows there you did to that, that, that session, that, uh, that uh, tour. How in the world, I mean, when you look at a song, you listen to a song like 2,000 Light Years. Yeah. You know, are you, I mean, I can't, I said, how could they absolutely, how could they reproduce that in concert? And you guys pretty much hit it right on. I was very surprised. Well, uh, boy, that is an obscure one, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) From uh, her, what is it? Her Majesty's Majesty's Request record. Um, You know, uh, the technology comes to be very helpful, that that song in the original recording used uh, what's called a Mellotron. Uh, you probably know what that is, but it was a very, very early version of a synthesizer, if you will. It actually used uh, tapes uh, within the instrument, the keyboard instrument, and it would trigger uh, the sound of, say, a string, you know, a violin or a cello or something. And so this is very early technology that that was in the 60s uh, when that that record was recorded. Well, with the more modern technology, you can sample that Mellotron and get that sound live. And that's what we did for 2,000 Light Years. Uh, And, of course, you know, there's other interesting songs on that record, like She's a Rainbow. I think we were doing that a little bit, uh, which also has some of those sounds on it. Let's talk about Back in the Woods here for just a little bit. Back to the Woods, I'm sorry. Uh, it's a salute to all the blues piano uh, pioneers. And, and, and that's one thing I thought, you know, when people think of the blues, all of a sudden, you know, they think of harmonica, they think guitar. But I think piano is kind of in the background a bit, do you think? Absolutely. And, and let me tell you how this came about. It's really an interesting story. My son-in-law, who is a person I just adore, name is Steve Bransford. 
Steve is a uh, Ph.D. graduate from Emory University in Atlanta, and his discipline is in American history with a particular slant on roots music. And so Steve came to me uh, a little over a year ago, and he said, I got this idea I just want to run by you. He said, you know, uh, when you think of blues, just as you said, Bob, you think of harmonicas and guitar players and maybe, you know, the songwriters and singers. But he said, uh, you know, there's been a lot of tribute records done for that element of the blues, whether it's guitar or singers and, uh, you know, the jazz idiom as well. But nobody has really paid homage to the blues piano players. And he said, I think you're the guy to do that. I thought, wow, what an interesting uh, concept and, and opportunity. So Steve hands me three CDs with probably 150 songs on there. You know, being a Ph.D., he had done his dissertation largely on uh, blues and folk, folk music. And so he was very familiar with a lot of this. And, of course, I was, too, but not to the extent that, that he gave me these 150 songs. Um, so the first thing I did for three months here on Charlene Plantation, which is what we call our tree farm here, uh, I rode around in my pickup truck with these three CDs just listening and listening and listening. And finally, I started to cull down and, uh, to the 15 tracks that we put on the record. And we're, we concentrated mainly on pre-war uh, piano. So we're talking about 30s and early 40s. We did dip into uh, 1953. I found a wonderful Ray Charles track. Ray Charles is my true musical hero. And I wanted to do something to honor him. So uh, we found a, a track from 1953 called um, Losing Hand and a great track, and we covered that. Uh, but that was the, the impetus of the project, and so the CD comes with a 16-page booklet that talks about the role of the piano at that juncture in time, and it also talks about the, uh, all the different artists that we covered on the uh, project. So it was, it was a really fun journey for me. I don't mean to throw this out of left field at you, but when you take the CD out of the case, you see this uh, photograph looks like four couples, looks like a black and white that was painted. Where's that photograph from? Do you know? Well, you know, uh, first of all, let me say that the the, the uh, graphic artist that we use is a woman named Susan Archie. Uh, she's won many awards for her packaging, uh, and we wanted to have this old-timey feel to it. And so throughout the package, uh, with that booklet that I just mentioned, uh, there's, for instance, a wonderful picture of Leroy Carr, one of the artists that we covered. There's a wonderful picture of uh, the advertisement for the song, Back to the Woods, <clears throat> which would have come from the 40s. And then we've, you know, we wanted to connect uh, the double entendre of me being a tree farmer and my environmental work and my work in forestry uh, with the piano and, you know, with this project. And so we searched and we found this fantastic picture that you're talking about now, which is, uh, I think it's four couples dancing on top of this huge stump, uh, which would have had... Oh, is that what that is? Yes, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a tree stump, and it would have been, I'm sure, from California or Oregon or somewhere where, you know, the giant redwoods, and because that, that stump is absolutely huge. And uh, I thought it really fit the bill well to, to put that in. That's cool. That's neat. I, I was just curious because that's one of the things that I took the CD out and I'm going, wow, what's this? You know, <laughs> it's I have a weird little thing, isn't it? <laughs> it, it and it does. Uh, it makes you think, you know, what, what is that? But, uh, but it seems to work. 
Are the Blues in general making a comeback? I know we've got a Blues Fest here. Uh, you know, uh, I think we had uh, several summer ones now. We're starting to have a winter uh, Blues Fest here in Fargo. Are the Blues making a comeback? Well, yeah. You know, I, I'm not sure it ever went away, but uh, I, I think you're right to say that in recent uh, years and perhaps even recent uh, decades, there's been a resurgence and appreciation of the Blues because – you know, when you look at the success of rock and roll, and, and, and let's, let's just for the sake uh, of argument say that rock and roll started somewhere in the 50s and uh, still going, of course, uh, today very, very strong. But rock and roll was based largely on the blues. And, you know, it, it's no secret that artists like Eric Clapton or, you know, even going back to Jimi Hendrix or uh, moving to uh, the piano players like Leon Russell or Elton John, you know, we call a lot of, of what we adapted and turned into rock and roll uh, from the blues. I mean, that, that was really the, uh, you know, the, the source that we all went to and still do. And so I think there's a great appreciation for it across the country and across the planet, really. And uh, I'm very pleased to see these blues festivals go on. You know, I just uh, played a set with my band, Bob, in uh, uh, New Orleans for the Jazz Fest a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, they have, uh, we played the Blues Tent. Um, for those listeners that have been to Jazz Fest, they know that it takes place in this giant sort of like fair-like midway place, which is actually a racetrack uh, for horse racing. And so you have a blues tent, a jazz tent, a gospel tent, uh, and then you have the more contemporary stages for uh, the big artists like Tom Petty that played there, Bruce Springsteen, and so far, uh, so on. But uh, that blues tent uh, drew a huge crowd each and every day of the festival, and, and uh, certainly I was pleased to see the overflowing crowd that we had for my set. But, you know, to your point, yes, the blues is, is very well appreciated and celebrated. Chuck Lavelle from the Rolling Stones, our special guest on KFGO. One other quick note about the blues. I, I, I don't play instruments. I, I mean, I, I've, just, I've got like, you know, ten thumbs. But I, I do sing karaoke once in a while. And I got up one night and I sang Help Me by Sonny Boy Williamson. And I had a woman come up to me and she goes, I can't believe it. She says, I've been going to karaoke for 15, or I don't know how many years, she said. She says, that's the first time I've ever heard anybody do a blues song. She said, thank (laughs) you. So, so yeah, there is a a really a great, uh, deeper appreciation out there. Hey, Chuck, before we let you go, let's go through some website sites. We mentioned uh, MNN.com. Yeah. which is uh, the uh, Mother Nature, and uh, you've got a couple others too, right? Absolutely. Uh, the website for my um, you know, uh, work uh, in music and in, in my books and whatnot is chucklavelle.com, and Lavelle is L-E-A-V-E-L-L. And then uh, we have a website for our uh, tree plantation here, uh, which is Charlene, and that's spelled C-H- A-R-L-A-N-E dot com, Charlene dot com. And then I have a new enterprise that I'd love for your listeners to know about. I started about a year ago, and this is an online instructional uh, website for piano, and uh, that is irockyou.com. The letter I, the word rock, and the letter U dot com. Is any of that on YouTube? I may have saw a clip of that. Uh, I think there there may be one or two pieces uh, out there on YouTube, 
And we're really pleased with this, by the way. We're, we're, we're growing uh, nicely with IROCU. I think it won't be long before we get into instruction for other instruments like guitar and bass and drums and whatnot. Uh, but, uh, you know, we went to lengths and pains to make sure that we got all the proper clearances for publishing so that we could uh, teach lessons on songs that, you know, from Led Zeppelin or Rolling Stones or Eric Clapton or Allman Brothers Band. Uh, we started with artists that I have been associated with, but now we're branching out into, uh, for instance, we just got permission to use Ben Foles' um, catalog. So it, it, it's a really interesting site for those that are interested in uh, piano instruction. And once again, that's I Rock. What was it? Yes, the... I Rock You. I Rock You. And the letter U, the, the, the letter I, the word rock, and then the letter U, and uh, which kind of means, uh, you know, uh, Internet Rock University. So uh, thank you ah, that. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Chuck Lavelle. And uh, once again, the book, uh, I should say the uh, CD is called Back to the Woods. I have not been able to get it out of my CD player for the last couple of days. Trust me, folks, you're going to love it. And I'm sure that's available everywhere, uh, record stores, and also, of course, on the Internet. Right, Chuck? Absolutely. All right. Chuck Lavelle, thank you so much for joining us here on KFGO. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you, Bob. Y'all take care. Hope to see all of you in Fargo sometime soon.